0: Tony is the superstar entrepreneur who had it all together, who was so beloved, who would like give the coat off his back to like anyone on the street. To Someone who just had clearly, you know, had years and years of issues that weren't being treated. I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome
1: to Sand Hill Road. Man, that sunset is gorgeous This episode discusses the death of a high-tech icon. It was ruled an accident, though not everyone believes it was. In 2020, Tony Shea locked himself in a shed, and the shed somehow caught fire and he died. 911, what's the location of your emergency? We won't make any conclusions beyond what the investigators ruled, but if you or someone you know could use some help, there are folks who would love to talk to you at 800-273-8255. University of Michigan psychologist Philip Brickman is credited with the term the hedonic treadmill, the human tendency to return to an emotional baseline. Our first number tonight is 46. That's followed by 23. Happy people who win money will be happy, but... They were already happy, that's their baseline. Less happy people who win money will be happy for a while, but return to their baseline.
0: You know, a lot of people go through decades trying to get to this ultimate destination of happiness, and then when they get there, realize it's either very short-lived or maybe not even there at all. What if by studying the science of happiness, you know, in the research that's already been done, just reading up on it a little bit, you could kind of maybe skip some of the steps and just go straight to, the happiness part of it.
1: That's Tony Shay speaking at Google. The story of Tony is the story of the hedonic treadmill hunting that happiness, obsessed with happiness. Shea, the founder of the e-commerce website Zappos, wrote a book called Delivering Happiness.
0: That's what we always try to do at Zappos. You know, we're not just in the shoe business and today. Our vision is that we're in the delivering happiness business.
1: That Tony, one of tech's richest and most beloved CEOs, the life of every party, would end up unhappy and
0: dead is a modern tragedy. How does an accomplished chief executive officer, one of America's most beloved entrepreneurs, end up in a burning shed thousands of miles away from his home city of Las Vegas in the middle of a devastating pandemic. As reporters at the Wall Street Journal, we wanted to find the answer. Wall Street Journal reporter Kristen
1: Grind co authors the new biography, Happy at Any Cost, the tale of Tony's chase for the next high, and the friends who witnessed his
0: lows. She would tell him, I like you best when you're sober. Do you really need to drink? Tony would shrug off the question. The problem was he didn't like himself sober. One of the difficult decisions
1: I would imagine as you're writing this book is you had to decide whether this book was about his life or his death. Uh, the two, I mean, the life and death are related for any human being, but, but Tony in particular, because however it is he died, his life contributed to his death
0: exactly it was it was a real struggle, and we try to address this in an author's note at the beginning of the book because this is really two stories, right? We have the story of his life, which and all his accomplishments and what a, a beloved entrepreneur he was, and then we have this whole mystery around the last year of his life and his death, and so we tried to intertwine the two in a way that also allowed us to step back and make the book much broader about the journeys that everyone goes through to find happiness and what happens when you don't pay attention to yourself and your own mental health issues. So, um I'm not I, I'm hoping we accomplished that for people, but it was a challenge for sure. Would he have been
1: happier without the money? Do you suppose? I mean, you mentioned, Link exchange, he's 32, or I'm sorry, he's 24 and has $32 million, then sells Zappos a few years later, and now is, has billions.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I'm not sure if he would have been happier because Tony had such a weird relationship with money. He was just completely unlike the typical CEO and the typical tech CEO. It's almost like he just didn't even care about the money. Like he was happy to have it to advance his projects and his ideas, but he didn't like accumulate it or stress about it in a way that I think is more typical of. Of someone at that level, right? And so, I'm not completely sure that that having less of it or even more of it would have changed things for him. I think the main issue is that he was so focused on happiness in others and was so generous that he didn't look within himself. Um, I remember someone that stuck with me through the whole reporting process early on compared him to that children's book, The Giving Tree where the tree gives, 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 and never gets anything back from the little boy. And that was Tony, exactly.
1: I'm sure all of his friends now regret not catching those signals. But did he have friends that, that,
0: that came close or that, that got him the help that he needed? You know, his friends, first of all, Tony, and this took me a while to discover, has hundreds of friends and acquaintances, many of whom would actually describe him as a close friend, even though that's impossible, Yes, I I know people
1: like that, which they they have a hundred friends and everyone thinks they're his best friend.
0: Exactly. And he's not being disgenuous.
1: He's just that good at it.
0: Exactly. And it took me a while. Everyone would introduce themselves as his close friend Well. I mean I don't want to put a number on it but like probably there were 10 actual really close friends that were like his family. And a couple things I mean I've I've been lucky I've never had to deal with addiction issues in my life or family but Addicts make it really hard for the rest of us. Tony was very good at normalizing his issues. He brought alcohol into the workplace at Zappos, so he was a heavy drinker, but he made it part of the fun culture. You know, he never was was actively drunk or hungover. He was always showing up at work. So. I asked myself through this whole process, if I had a friend like that, would I have stepped in? I mean, to be honest, probably not. And then when it did really start going downhill in the last couple years of his life, that is when his very good friends did intervene, despite Tony saying, I don't have a problem. There's no problem here. So he did really have some good friends for sure.
1: He based Zappos in Las Vegas, and then took on a huge project to to renovate Las Vegas in a way that he thought it should be. Can you tell me about what he was trying to accomplish in Las Vegas?
0: Right. So um, kind of the same thing he was trying to accomplish in his whole life, this happiness goal. So he took $350 million of his own fortune, and he wanted to, to revitalize this Dusty corner of Las Vegas. Now, I want to be clear this is not like the strip, right? This is downtown Las Vegas. No one would ever go there. It's, you know, there's one street that had some stuff on it, otherwise, it's empty. Tony looked at that and he saw this sort of like, you know, entrepreneurial, almost burning man community where you know business owners were coming in and everyone was working together and he built this amazing like container park made of containers for kids to play and businesses to thrive and he just had this vision of turning it into almost like a second silicon valley and he was he was largely able to achieve that, not completely. It didn't become like the second Silicon Valley, but it is very much like revitalized from what it was. I like going to,
1: to Las Vegas, but to some degree, Las Vegas is the very embodiment of, of pretending to be happy. I, you know, you put on a false front, you, you go over the top. There's definitely some alcohol involved in an attempt, at least this is my personal experience, in an attempt to show that you're having fun. Uh, and it, perhaps, after about forty eight hours forty eight hours is about as much as I can do vegas, and then i'm I, I'm done pretending i'm having fun um, again I, I see this parallel um, the the glitz and glamour in alcohol and aren't we having fun of Las Vegas that then attracts a person who who wants to have fun, who wants to have a party, uh, who definitely had some issues with alcohol? Uh, it seems like the this. Of course, that's, of course, you went to Vegas. Of
0: course. Oh, my gosh. I'm the same way. I mean, I go to Vegas and I'm like, OK, I'm out like very quickly. Um, A couple of things I'll say on that. You're absolutely right. Tony was attracted to that sort of like loud party atmosphere, sort of glitter everywhere type thing because he even said this in an interview once, he would really absorb his surroundings and people's energy. He was an introvert himself. Um, Later, we reveal he had severe social anxiety issues, actually, despite being surrounded by people. But he kind of used that almost as like a coping mechanism, right? Um, And then the other point I just make on Vegas is it's hard to describe, but downtown Las Vegas, there are actually real people living there. I mean it, it was it was a surprise to me too. There's a community that's not sort of this casino crazy. you're there for a bachelor party, you know type thing. Um, so it is a little bit different, but it for sure the parallels.
1: The social anxiety then contributes to the drinking. And I can see that. I mean, we're all socially anxious a little bit, and you know, if you're going to a party in which you know no one, a glass of wine makes you more interesting.
0: Absolutely. Uh, but, it,
1: but he had extreme social anxiety.
0: He did, and he had other issues that mostly were undiagnosed. He had some form of face blindness, um, which he kept very private. That can be debilitating. You you often can't recognize people. Um, He told some of his friends he thought he was on the autism spectrum. So I spent a lot of time, and Catherine Sayer did too, for this book researching alcohol abuse issues because I just couldn't understand. I kept asking all these experts, and even at the rehab facility that Tony himself went to, when do you know that someone has a problem? Because here was someone that was drinking an enormous amount but still showing up all day. And I'll never forget, they all said to me, listen, drinking that much and abusing alcohol to that extent, no matter if you're showing up, you know, perfect for work is always covering up a larger issue. And so that was what was going on with Tony. And you saw the alcohol sort of start the effects of it start to wear off towards the end of his life. And that's when he turned to drugs.
1: And and things like ketamine and and other things that are very, very serious drugs.
0: Exactly. It was first ketamine, and then after his friends forced him into rehab, where he, by the way, only stayed two weeks, so it wasn't really successful, um, the pandemic hit and ketamine became harder to get. So then he switched to a drug that I think many of us don't even know that much about, which is nitrous oxide or Whippets, which has long been considered kind of a party drug. But Tony, yeah, began and it's, for, the, the,
1: the laughing gas that you get at the dentist exactly, as well. That's, yes. It's that's, sort of floaty feeling. That's yes.
0: exactly it. And it's a very short high. So you kind of have to keep doing hits over and over. And that's what Tony ended up doing in the last months of his life.
2: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The
1: search for happiness would take Tony from Vegas to Park City, Utah, where he tried to create a sort of ideal community, tried to surround himself with happy people, only to have the pandemic frustrate that.
0: And from there, a fateful trip to the East Coast. A new London police report would later note the apparent normality of the strange scene. Employees being asked in the middle of an East Coast winter night to deliver items to their wealthy benefactor who is staying in a storage shed. There appears to be no concerns between Shea and his employees, the report said. By this point, he has had a couple of some serious mental health breakdowns. He's abusing drugs. Um, an entourage kind of forms around him that is taking advantage of his fortune, making all this money. Um, one of the people that was close to him in Park City also had a house in New London, Connecticut, where she was from. And so they were visiting that house. There was a big fight that day between the two of them. Tony was very sick at that point. He was living, leaving trash everywhere, with the canisters. So basically to mediate between the two, he goes out to this pool shed to spend the night. I mean, it's November in Connecticut, right? It's freezing. It's literally a pool shed. And he's in there with like a bunch of pool, you know, floaties and chairs and also like a propane heater, some nitrous oxide. So that's how he ended up there.
1: He's in a shed. He's got a propane heater, candles, cigarettes, possibly marijuana joints, according to the book, Uh, you know, a lighter or two. It's a disaster waiting to happen.
0: It's just a disaster. And it's. The the strangest thing about that night and the fire investigators in New London point this out in their report later is, is how everything between him and his entourage had become so normalized by that point. So it's frigid outside in the shed and his, his assistants are just like bringing him whippets, bringing him pizza, bringing him water, putting it in the shed door Going back into the house, I mean, there was like nothing unusual about this to them. Um, The problem is that because Tony really was the only one in that shed, there are periods in that last night um, before he fell unconscious and the fire in the shed started where he's the only one in there. So that's why we will never actually know what happened in that shed because all the fire investigators have to go On is some grainy, like, house camera footage, right?
1: It's one of those where, you know, from an investigator's point of view, we cannot legally, or a journalist's point of view, we cannot say specifically that it was suicide, but we can say that he put himself and locked himself in a shed full of fire-making materials, and then the shed caught on fire.
0: That's right. And in, um, at one point in one of these grainy videos... The fire investigators see there's actually a fire burning behind him. Um, now, I will say, you know, we obviously talked to a lot of these friends and very close friends. And we asked everyone, like, do you think that Tony killed himself? Like, what's your thinking on this? Almost everyone said no. Almost everyone believed it was an accident. Um he at that point was so skinny. He was on a crazy diet. He was doing so many drugs. He was, you know, not mentally there. It was not the normal Tony Shea. And so it's very conceivable that he was playing with fire as he liked to do something caught fire. That's the scenario that most people believe happened.
1: Kirsten's new book about the life and death of Tony Shea, co-authored with Catherine Sayer, is called Happy at Any Cost. A reminder to watch out for each other. Step in and help if you suspect someone could use it. You never know. That psychologist we talked about at the start, Philip Brickman, the one who studied happiness, took his own life on the University of Michigan campus in 1982. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.